glad I'm here. Glad you are too. Praise the Lord. I said today that my message today would be road signs. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit will guide our thoughts and our hearts and understanding, receiving your word, your instruction, your direction, because we know it is your word that brings us life when the Holy Spirit energizes it. We ask today, Lord, that our understanding will be enlightened in the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us a brilliant insight into the word of God and an understanding of your truth so that we can walk more closely with you and serve you with great victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wrote this in my column that appears every week in Clay Today. My column last week had this little story in it. I say that because if some of you already read it, read it in the paper or online, on the Clay Today online, or you may read it in the email this coming week, I don't want you to think that my memory is so bad that I forgot I talked about it. So I do know I wrote it. I wanted to share it with you to make sure all of you hear this. In the Old West, the stagecoach company was looking for new drivers. They had one particular route that they needed a, an expert driver to fill that job. So they started interviewing men who had experience driving stagecoaches. They decided that one primary question would, would reveal to them the person they wanted or needed as their driver on that route. So they asked the question, on these rough, narrow, mountainous roads that this route covers, how would you handle driving on those roads? How close do you think you can come to the edge of the road knowing that there's a precipice you could fall over and not be so nervous you'd lose your way? Are you expert enough to do that? So the first driver or prospective driver said, absolutely, I can do that. I've done it many times before. I can drive that stagecoach and never worry and never fall off. I can come as close as a few inches from the side. So the next person who was interviewed came in and said, well, I can tell you this. I've done this before and I can do it again. I can drive within an inch of the edge of that road never drive off, everybody will be safe, and I can keep them protected. The last person that came in said, I, I hate to tell you this, but the fact of the matter is I'm the best stagecoach driver you've ever found or heard of or could even possibly find because I can drive that coach in such a way that if half of that wheel is hanging off the edge, I'll keep it inside and never slip and fall. So the next guy that came in said, as he was asked the same question, he said, well, I'll just tell you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how close I can come to the edge because this is what I've always done. I've always tried to stay as far away from the edge as I possibly can. He got the job. And that's what I want to share with you this morning, that there's an edge, there's a precipice. You can fall over it if you aren't very careful in your walk with the Lord, understanding God's Word and being led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to lose your way. You can just be careless enough 
to fall. You know, I had an experience this week. I was going to have a funeral service. Had his father's funeral. Had a precious service. When I finally got there, probably would have been good without me, but they were expecting me because I was having the funeral. And so I did a map quest to find out how to get there. Now I thought I knew the way because I'd lived over in that area of town. I'd driven up and down Arlington Road and Cessary Boulevard and that whole area. I'd driven back and forth, crisscrossed. And I didn't think I'd have any problem finding it anyway. But just to be safe, I did a map quest that I printed out the map and the directions, and I started out. And no problem until I got very, very close. And then I saw it said, make a right turn at the second street. And I, I thought, that doesn't sound right to me. But I was driving. I couldn't stop. I couldn't look at it. So I just kind of, and at the second street, if I had turned as that map quest told me to, I'd have been going the wrong way on Arlington Expressway. It said, do not enter. So I crossed over, thinking, well, I'm familiar enough anyway. I'll just go and find it without much difficulty. Wow. I wandered all over East Arlington. I traveled up and down Arlington Road. I ra- rolled up and down Cessary Boulevard. I found my way to O'Hara Road. I drove up and down that. I never did see Lone Star what I was looking for. And I've been on Lone Star Road numbers of times before. I saw places I was familiar with. Oh, I, you took my car here for upholstery. Oh, this mechanic shop worked on my car with them. I saw all those places I knew, but I could not find the funeral home. I asked some people. They told me how to get there. I found out they didn't know the way either. Finally, I pulled up to a, a, a car dealer. I thought, well, this used car dealer would be able to help me without any problem. And I, I, I walked up there and I knocked on the door. It was locked. I couldn't get in. I, then I looked inside and knocked it on the door. A man came to the door. And he knew how to get there. He said, it's right over there, right across the street. He said, all you have to do is go down here, make that left turn, go down there. I said, wow, thank you very much. Because the other three people I'd asked told me this way and it wasn't the right way. They didn't know. Another one told me something else that wasn't right. This man told me, and I said, I pray. I'd already been praying before I got to him because I did. I needed to get there. And I'd already been praying the Lord put me said, send me the right person. Give me some help here, Lord. And so I finally got there. After, after finding this man behind the locked door who unlocked it, I guess I looked safe enough, he unlocked it, and he told me how to get there. I wound up there. Oh, I praised the Lord when I saw that funeral home. I, 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 I had been so confused. I even came to one place, two main roads, multiple lane roads, intersection. I drove up to him, oh, this is going to give me some identification as to which way I need to go. And when I got there, every street name sign had been taken down. I looked this way, no sign. This way, no sign. I didn't know what road I was on. didn't know which one was crossing over. Do you know when you think you know where you are, sometimes you can be totally wrong? You can be totally confused. And that's why we need to know where we're going. We need to know our direction. And I thought...
I did. But I also learned, which I really already knew anyway, that you cannot always depend on MapQuest. Just because it says it on MapQuest doesn't mean it's right. And listen, that may be the same thing about your GPS. Have you ever been misdirected by your GPS? And if you're not, you may find yourself going to your destination when you could just go here. You may find yourself going around here and over here and around and finally get back to your destination, even if it gets you there. But I will tell you this. There's something better than MapQuest. There's something better than any GPS. There's something better than any word-of-mouth directions that somebody who's been there can give you. And that which is better is God's Word, His truth, His revelation. The magnifying of His Word revealed to us in written form tells us the way to arrive at the destination that He is sending us to. The Psalm 23 all of you know Psalm 23. You're impressed by a lot of Psalm 23. Well, you should be. There's one special place in there I started thinking about when all of this happened to me this week, this past week. And it is this. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me where he wants me to go. He shows me the direction. He charts the course. He puts the light on it so I can see the pathway. And if I follow his word, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Praise God for that. So this is the book that has its own road signs. And there are a lot of road signs in here. There are a lot of maps in here. There are a lot of directions in here. When I say maps, I'm not talking about the printed colored maps that you have in the back pages of your Bible. I'm talking about maps that show us how to get to where we're supposed to be going. That's what God's Word is for us. So we need to look at this Word as a guide and take care to pay attention to all the road signs that He raises up before us so that we can see the directions of the Lord. Let me just give an interesting few, few of them to you. So when I started thinking about this earlier in the week, driving around, I notice there are stop signs. There are a lot of extra stop signs in this area. Four-way stops. Three-way stops. Two-way stops we pretty much know, but there are a lot of multiple stops. And for a long time when I first came here, I was a little bit confused by one particular place I can handle the two-way stops, I can handle the four-way stops, but those three-way stops worry me. Because, you see, you look, everybody else is supposed to stop. And if you aren't careful, this guy over here who doesn't have a stop sign, and he's not going to stop, you think he's going to stop, you better wait until he has stopped before you move. Just an extra word of counsel to you there. If you go down here in the, in the, on the... 220 side to enter into Walmart. You might be going to Walmart. You might be going to Discount Tower. You might be going to Wells Fargo Bank. You might be going to Ruby Tuesdays or somewhere in there. But if you turn in that one place right there, 
When you turn off at 220, it's just straight ahead. Curve whichever way you want to go. Curve to the right, turn to the left, go straight. There's no stop sign there. Every other street has a stop sign. If you're at one of those other streets that has a stop sign, you better stay stopped until you find out what that traffic off 220 is going to do because they're not going to stop. Ask the person who got out in the middle of the intersection and jammed on brakes when he thought they were going to stop. I thought it was four-way. But it's not unless it says it is. So I'm telling you that you can get confused about anything unless you pay attention to what it says. You've got to know what the directions are in order to be able to follow the directions. So after I learned that, every time that I'm at that place right now, if I'm not coming down the street, even if I'm coming down the street that does not have a stop sign, I'm looking carefully to see what those other three places are going to do. Because I know where I was when I was in one of those. And if I'm in one of those other three, I'm going to make sure that the traffic that's coming off of 220 coming into that busy section, I'm going to make sure that it does what it's going to do before I move. If you go down there, or the next time you go down there, stop and think about what I was telling you about. Maybe it'll keep you from having an accident. (laughs) You've got to notice and pay attention and be aware and obey what the signs tell you if you're going to get to where you're trying to get to without problems and without difficulties and without confusion. The signs are clear. They really are quite clear, usually, except when you come to the place where they took that off the street sign and you couldn't tell anything. But that was a matter of construction. It's not going to stay like that. The signs are usually very clear, but you have to know when to stop. You have to know when to move. You have to know when to go, when to wait. And it's pretty common sense. And yet, as much as this is common sense, are you ever surprised at the number of times that you pass by and see somebody with, this, with the traffic light should have been, probably was pretty clear, road signs were probably pretty clear, but you pass by and you see two cars crash together, and you wonder, how could that have happened? It does happen. And usually it happens because that road sign hasn't been closely noticed, observed, and obeyed. Now, it's true that you can pull up to a stop sign and stop. When you stop, you know you're supposed to just completely come to a stop, no movement. So you stop, traffic sign, stop. It doesn't tell you when to go again. It just says stop. Well, you're not going to stay stopped. If you do, you'll never get where you're going. <laughs> so, so you've got to know when to stop, and you've got to know when to move. I am telling you that the same thing is true in your walk with the Lord. There are times that God wants you to stop. There are times that he wants you to go. You've got to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is telling you and the signs that he's putting out in front of you. And I will say to you, I believe God makes that quite clear to us. I remember one time I was praying and seeking God because I wanted to get out of the ministry I was in. I told the Lord it wasn't even a ministry. But he said, stay. And I said, God, I'd, every day I'd go down before the Lord. I said, God, I just don't believe. I don't believe I can stay. I think I need to leave, Lord. And he said, no, you stay. Now, I've learned this over the years. If God puts you somewhere, if God puts you somewhere, do you listen to this carefully now? If God puts you somewhere, he does not have to tell you to stay unless you're just rebelling against him. 
When it's time to go, he'll tell you to go. He doesn't have to tell you to stay. Every day, stay, stay, stay. He sent you there to stay until he's ready for you to move and change locations. So if it's your job, your ministry, your service, your anything in life, if God put you there, he put you there to stay until he tells you it's time to move. If you don't listen to that, you'll miss your way. And so many times, so many times, people do miss their way, do miss their great blessing, do miss their great victory, because they decide to leave prematurely. I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to leave this marriage. I'm going to leave this friendship. I'm going to leave because I'm sick and tired of it, and I'm not going to hang around anymore. God doesn't have to make you sick and tired of it for you to go. You can walk away from anything in great victory if you're walking in the will of God. But when God puts you somewhere, say it again, when God puts you somewhere, now, I'm not saying God won't lead you away from the place. God will. God will lead you oftentimes to a different place. Let's say you're in a place... Let's say you're in a place where, well, let's just say if I started preaching false doctrine here, I can't think, oh, that would be a good one right there. <laughs> I don't know what I would start preaching that might be false doctrine, but if I were to start saying you have to, uh, you have to be circumcised to be saved, let's say that. That's a, that's a biblical business. And I would start preaching that. You would know that that's wrong. Would you not know that's false doctrine? Now, you don't have to stay around to correct me. I'd be responsible to God if I start preaching something like that. But what you need to do is go find some place that's preaching the gospel of grace, gospel of truth. But if you're in the place that God's put you and you're hearing the gospel, and it's the truth of the gospel, and it's according to God's word, God put you there for a reason to learn what you need to learn at that place and to grow in the Lord and to stabilize yourself. But there comes a time in everything in life, there comes a time when changes occur. And changes occur in the will of God. I don't want to confuse you about this. I'm not trying to help and let you start looking for whatever you need to do to change your job or, or some situation in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, really trying to tell you, that if you stay where God has put you, when it's time for you to go, He will make it totally, absolutely clear that it's time to move. When I was begging God to change me out of that ministry, he told me to stay and he'd tell me when it was time to go. And so I finally said, all right, Lord, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this the best that I can, make this possible for everybody to be blessed by it. I started doing that because God started blessing it. And later on, I saw the great, great value in God keeping me there because he let me leave with a greater victory that I ever would have had if I had left on my own terms. And God will do that in your life every time. So we need to know the stop signs. We need to know the merge signs. How do you like it when you come up and get ready to go on the expressway and the sign tells you to merge? And the people up on the expressway don't agree with it. You're trying to merge, and they're trying to keep you out. I don't, I don't know why people do that. Now, consider it this way. Now, if you're the one that's up on the expressway, do you try to keep that person 
who's trying to merge into the traffic out. You try to keep him back. If you do, you're making the wrong move. This is the point that I want to make to you right now. There comes a time in life when we need to merge. There comes a time in life when we need to come together in the will of God. We need to flow into the traffic of the Holy Spirit. And people who are already there ought to be adjusting themselves to let you come in. And you ought to be making the effort to merge into what God is doing. Show yourself to be compatible with the children of God, with the people of God, with the servants of God, with those who want to bring glory and honor to Him. I don't know why I'm preaching these things this morning, because this is not quite the flavor of this message that I planned for. But I always think when this happens, there must be somebody I'm really talking to today. I'm not trying to figure out who you are. Just telling you what I believe the Lord wants to say to us today. So the merge sign actually could be spoken of as cooperation. It takes two. The one that's on the expressway and the one that's trying to get on the expressway. It takes a cooperation. And that cooperation ought to be forthcoming on the part of both. I really hate it when I see those people who are trying to merge into the traffic. I'm trying to let them in. And they almost stop. They're afraid to do it. They almost stop. I'm trying to let them in. They don't want to get in. They want to get in, but they don't know how to get in. And you're slow and slow. (laughs) You know what I mean? So when you're trying to get in there, go ahead. If you're merging into the work of God, merging into the presence of God, merging into the will of God that's in the place where you are, and merging into what God's doing, becoming a part of what God is doing, just come right in and become a part of it by your worship and your praise and your service and your dedication and your commitment. Become a part of what God's doing, and God will honor you for it and put you out there where you ride on the traffic just like everybody else is, going forward at full speed to accomplish the will of God. So, now, here's the one. This is a sign nobody likes. This is a sign nobody likes. When you pull up to the intersection or the curve and you see that sign that says what? Yield. Yield. A lot of people, when they sign that says yield, they speed up. <laughs> see if I can jump in ahead instead of yielding. But, you know, if an accident occurs... And you've done that, it's going to be your responsibility. Even if the other driver didn't give you opportunity to get it, it's going to be your responsibility if that sign said yield. Now, I had a lawyer explain this to me one time. He said, the yield sign is the worst sign of all. Because you can never prove that you yielded. If, you, if anything happens, you can never prove that you yielded. You may be able to prove that you stopped. You see, it, if you stop, dead stop, and start again, you may have a defense if you got hit. But if it says yield and you get hit, yielding just goes on and on and on and on. It's not just one time. When you yield, you got to keep yielding as you go forward, as you drive a little bit more. you got to keep yielding and look around making sure nobody's coming that you're obstructing. It's something like that in the kingdom of God, isn't it? Ah, it's a whole lot easier for me to come up to make a stop. A lot less difficult for me to merge with everything else that's going on. But sometimes when the Lord says yield, I'm trying to understand that he's saying something else. But then he comes back and makes it very clear. 
I read the Word, and I see what the Bible says about it. And it tells me that I'm supposed to live a life yielded to Him, yielded to others, yielded to His will and His plan, and His spirit of cooperation in the building of the kingdom of God. And I know that that's God's plan. I know that that's God's way, and I know that that's God's work. And if we do that, we'll be blessed and honored for it, because that's what He tells us. That's what Jesus said. Let the one who wants to be a greatest among you become the servant of all. Let him yield to the service of others. So the best way sometimes to win a victory, and I'm talking about spiritual victory, talking about a victory of the kingdom of God, sometimes the very best way to win a victory is to give up. Yield to the Spirit of the Lord. Yield to the love of God. You the compassion and the faithfulness of God. Not my way, Lord, but your way, Lord. I give up, Lord, to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. We're on a journey. Taking a trip. We have a destination. And we will get there if we follow the road signs of God. We will get there if we follow the directions of the Lord. We'll get there if we follow what God has told us in His Word to do, and this is what we're supposed to do. These are the steps we're supposed to take. This is where we're supposed to be, and this is what we're supposed to do. We will arrive at the plan of perfection that God has set for us. But we have to do it if we want to be successful. We have to do it God's way. We have to do it God's way. And I know that sounds like a very simple thing until you get in and start trying to practice it. When you get in and start trying to practice that and say, Lord, I'm going to stop when you say stop. I'm going to go when you say go. I'm going to merge with the flow of what you're doing as everybody else is. I'm going to yield when it's time to yield. But if you read 1 Corinthians 13, you will find a classic blueprint of just what I've been telling you this morning. Stopping and starting. Merging with others. The flow of God's love. And giving up. Giving up in the message of love. Yielding. So I believe God is telling us some things that he wants us to do today. You may be thinking about something. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid this fits what he's saying. It'd be better if you couldn't think of anything in any of the categories I'm talking about. It'd be a whole lot better, wouldn't it? Oh, well, thank God nothing affects me on this today. But it's unlikely that that's true for most people here. What is likely to be true is that some of what I've been saying that you and I, you and I need to do is exactly where you are in some element, in some aspect of your life in serving God. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to walk with God and serve Him His way. Not the way I want to plan out and put before Him, but the way He's planned out and puts before me. I want to follow Him, and I want to follow Him His way. Not the way I've chosen. Not the way I have determined. Not the way I've said I want it to be, but the way God's Word tells me He wants it to be, and the way His Holy Spirit speaks to me and says to me, this is what I want you to do. 
I believe that's God's plan. I believe that's God's will. I believe that's the way. That's God's way. And if we will do that, we'll find ourselves moving to the final point of victory, the destination that God has planned for us. We'll get out of all of our confusion, all of our misconceptions, all of our misdirections, all of our lost locations, and find ourselves in the very will of God, in the secret place that he's called us into, in the inner circle that he's called us into, in the closeness of the will of God that he's ready to reveal to us as we draw close to him. All of that, God, by his Holy Spirit, makes very real, enlightens to us. And as that happens, we stand up and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. Not my plan, but your plan. I will do what you call me, what you lead me, what you speak to me to do. And when I do, I know the one thing that will be the result is the result of victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me, please. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to walk with him today.